podcast for North Decatur Presbyterian Church. We are a PCUSA congregation located in Decatur, Georgia. You can find out more about the church, our service to the community, and our great education programs for children like me and youth and adults at ndpc.org. You can also follow us on Facebook. If you're in the Atlanta area, we hope you'll come join us in person. Okay, that's it. On to this week's scripture and sermon. We're going to sing a familiar prayer for illumination today. And embedded in our singing, you will hear the words of scripture for the day. So let us begin by singing. Hebrews 4, verse 12. Indeed, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until, until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped, for every good work. Will you sing the refrain? and a light to my path. From James, be doers of the word and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. From Luke, but Jesus said, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. From Isaiah, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. God has spoken to the people. Hallelujah. God has spoken words of wisdom. Matthew, but Jesus answered the tempter. It is written, one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. 
And from John, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. talking about today in our sermon series on worship. Of course, you've been hearing about it, you've been singing about it. Let's reflect on this word. So all of you know what a magical thing it can be to read a book. The question is, do you know why it is a magical thing? Do you know what happens to us when we read? Yes. It's almost like we, we enter into another world. Maybe even more than that, reading is a, a collision of worlds. The world that you know now, the world that you see and know and trust, collides with the world inside the pages of the book, a world that is new and vast and filled with wonder and terror and marvel. So when you read, worlds are collapsed and remade between the first page and the last page. This collision of worlds changes you. Your encounter with a text expands and enlarges you. Your sense of what was changes. Your sense of what is changes. And so changes your sense of what will be. All this happens through reading. These ideas about this marvelous encounter, this transformative encounter with text, come to us from a 20th century French philosopher named Paul Ricoeur. Ricoeur explored in a, in a, in a marvelous and, and bewildering way the relationship between us as people and the stories that we love and that we read. Ricoeur said, what is to be interpreted in a text is a proposed world. A world that you might inhabit, a world in which you might project your own possibilities. We shouldn't even call it reading, right? It sounds too boring. We should call this world-making. We should call this self-making. It's no wonder we want our kids to put down their iPads and their devices and pick up books. I saw this cartoon the other day. I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> He's holding up the book. He's like, this iPad is frozen. No, my child, it is not frozen at all. It's not frozen at all. We Christians are people of the book. Every Sunday we gather in this place. And what do we do together? We read. It's the core of our worship. We read. We take a text or two or three or eight, as we did today from our sacred story, 
and we read it out loud. Where else do you go for adult story time during the week, right? We read together because we welcome the God-filled world in the pages of the scriptures, and we let that world smash into our own world and make something new in the collision. We expect to find in the stories of Scripture a world that we can step into, but a world that will also break into our own and crack it open and irrevocably alter us. We are a people of the book, which means that we become ourselves in our encounter with Scripture. Now, I don't think it's all that controversial to say what I've already said, which is that you and I change because of our encounters with stories. But what I'm about to say may strike some of you as a little bit challenging, and it will certainly strike other Christians as very challenging. The text that we read is not an inert, lifeless object. The text is a living thing. Text is a dynamic partner, just the same way that we might reach out to the person beside us and have a conversation and know that that, that they change us and we change them. The same thing happens with text. The text is a living word, we say. In fact, the scriptural text itself changes through our encounter with it. Thank you. That's right. It's not only the text that changes us, but we change the text. How could that be, right? I mean, the words are the words. They're just sitting there on the page. They're there in black and white. I mean, I can't erase them or, or, or change them in any way. They're just the words. But that's part of the great lie that has been sold to us over the years in no small part by religious conservatives who who have wanted us to think that text, whether it's the Bible or any other text, has a singular meaning. I I saw a bumper sticker one time uh, that said, the Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it. Well, no, it doesn't, right? It ain't so simple. We've been told that that, that the Bible descended from heaven and and will just kind of sit on us like a lead weight until we cry uncle and finally get the meaning, right? But nothing could be more harmful and nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing could be more disrespectful to the text itself and even to the God who gave it to us. The truth about text and about the word of God is far more marvelous than suggesting it has a meaning. Every text, even the word of God, changes according to our encounter with us. I know you're, you're a little suspicious. Not sure, you're not sure you believe me, but let me show you one example, right? Let me just show you one example. I want to show you one sentence, and I want to ask you, uh, what does this sentence mean? I am going to see my father. How many of you, when you read that, get excited? If that were you, how many of you, for you, would that be an exciting thing? Raise your hand. How many of you, for you, that would be a little bit of an ambivalent experience? And for how many of you, yeah, I'll let you work that out over brunch today. (laughs) 
And how many of you for whom uh, your father has passed on over to the other side, and so this text has a total other meaning? This text doesn't mean one thing. The text changes according to the person who encounters it. That's not a bug in the text. That's not a problem in the text. That is a feature of the text. That is the delight and the challenge of the text that we are given. The Bible contains many meanings. And what it says depends on the person who is reading it. Anytime you hear a person begin a sentence with the phrase, the Bible says, you've got to say, no, 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 no. Right? Reject that very premise of reasoning. Even Jesus himself rejected that premise. You may remember a time in Luke's gospel when Jesus was talking to a lawyer. And the lawyer says, what, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus responds by saying, what is written in the Bible? Which is a way of asking him, what does the text say? Then Jesus says, and what do you read there? Which is a way of saying, what does that text mean? The Bible only comes to have meaning in its encounter with us, and specifically with the community of interpretation. That's what we are as a church. We are a community of interpretation. Our sacred task is to take the text and figure out together what it means. We should call ourselves the North Decatur Presbyterian Community of Interpretation. The meaning of Scripture, it doesn't come to us. It doesn't come to us predetermined. Everything in there depends on creative readings of of its inherent God-given possibilities. So it's our act of interpretation that creates a new heaven and a new earth for human habitation. And it happens again and again and again. We are standing in an ancient river, an old stream, an old, old tradition that takes texts and brings them to life in our time. It is an act of our imagination and it is what renews the world and gives it divine meaning. More than that even, this creative act of interpretation that we try to do every Sunday when we are together is the imitation of God. We are engaged in a process of making worlds and remaking them every week. Never let someone tell you the Bible is boring. The Bible is electric. And it is revolutionary. And we get to read from it every week. And we should feel sorry, we should feel pity for people who insist on literal readings of the Bible. For surely they are scared at how wild and untamable it really is. Of course, maybe we should be scared too. Maybe we should be scared because we don't really know or we don't really believe in the wildly liberative, creative, and radical possibilities that are there for us in this text. It wasn't long ago, you know, in our history, and by our history, I I say the history of the Presbyterian Church and the history of white Protestantism, it wasn't long ago that we, uh, we really knew what the Bible was about. We said, uh, our ancestors said, hey, we've got this great book that normalizes slavery. 
right? And look here, it says, uh, it says uh, slaves, obey your masters. And so our ancestors would teach it. Would teach it to the folks they were holding as slaves, trusting that it would make them docile. And what happens, right? What happened? According to New Testament scholar Vincent Wimbush, it did not go unnoticed among those to whom the Bible was given that the Bible was a pretty provocative book. This book soon became a source of inspiration, a language world of strong hopes and stinging critique of slaveholding culture. The stories about the Hebrew slaves escaping from Pharaoh and God drowning Pharaoh's armies, the stories of Jesus, the persecuted but victorious one, captured the collective imagination. The book, the text, changed based on its encounter with the people. How does a people who have been enslaved by a book, come to accept that book not only as authoritative and legitimate, but as the source and ground of real-world liberation? How can a people come to interpret their experiences in the world through a book that has little to do with their origins and immediate historical experiences? The only explanation lies in the meeting of worlds. The collision of worlds of the Scripture and our lives, and the possibilities for human life that that collision holds. All I want you to hear this morning is that the text doesn't just change us, but we also change the text. Never give up on the scripture. Never let it go and presume it has nothing new to teach you. Go back to the text time and again. Work with the text in a group of people who are living out its implications in their lives. And you will start to see what others had not seen before. Run the text through your own experiences of God who is alive and at work in the world. And in your encounter with the text, you will find an entirely new language world that opens new possibilities for you and for us. It has been said that white Protestant Christianity is dying. I would say it's morphing into some crazed white supremacist ideology that resembles nothing of the religion of Jesus. And yet we also inherit a world of the Bible that black Christians, women and men who came before us, have left to us. We have for ourselves to discover in the book a profound, a profound worldview that was waiting there for us to see. The Bible is no authoritative text that we are just coming around trying to understand. The text is a living thing, it's a beautiful thing, and it's always changing, and it's your privilege every week to come and gather around the book, to let the world of this book meet your world, and to let your world meet the book's world, and let the worlds collide and discover the living word. 
the word, the living word, the word that was in the beginning, that has always been the word that was with God, the word that is God. Thanks be to God. Amen.